probably press record again, eh? Feels like a lizard talk to me, but you know, do what you do. Makes makes you read it pretty hard without it, mate. Oh, I don't know. Just let the, let the audience figure out what you would have said. It's only the 27th of April. There you go. What are we, the talking fucking clock now? <laughs> oh, I'm just looking at my... Oh, that's what I was going to pick. Last one. All right, let's talk about some tunes. Music, music, music. It's <laughs> <laughs> the last one. A question. Not sure whether the last yes. one was actually music. You have, to, you have to go up in the inflection for it to be a question. Yeah. Hey, look. Can we can we start with bass drum of death since it's been hanging over our head since week one? Yes, we can do that. Uh, and you feel like this can't possibly live up to the weight, surely? Mm-hmm. And spoilers? It didn't. Eh, nah, not quite. Nah. There's some good stuff on there, nah. but um, it's a seventy percent out. It's, it's, it's entirely competent, but it lacks it lacks bangers. And some of the songwriting's a bit kind of insipid. It kind of undermines the general vibe. Um, Is there a bit of seventies throwback to? to it as well oh yeah yeah certainly there's um, I mean bits of it they, they feel like a Strokes tribute act and um, some of the stuff has kind of oddly kind of mid 80s easy top feels to it like head change and too cold to hold just I don't know whether it's the drumming or the way that they've the way they've, they've played they've sort of produced the guitars but it's just reminded me a lot of um, some the sort of stuff that easy top would have done on like um um, some of their mid mid eighties shit. Yeah, just I think I think that's what you nailed it for me. There was just no banger. There was nothing to yeah to sort of glom onto to go. Oh, I'm gonna listen to that song again, and then that sort of gets you into the album. You know, um, like we are sort of more a lot more album focused than singles focused, but you still need something to hook you into the album to yeah. get you coming back to it because that's what sort of allows that. That deeper reflection, like some, yeah. some, you know, some album, some albums sort of sit sit in the back of your mind and are like a little itch, and, and you're just like, what What is it about that album that I want to go back to? And and it takes ages before you figure it out. And then other albums, you need a hook to get you to come back. Yeah. And then you need some anchor tenants you know, to kind of bring the public. You know, it's a bit like it's a bit like a Westfield super uh, shopping centre. You need some anchor tenants, some big box retail <laughs> in there to, to get the people coming in. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Retail so what, real what estate. What this is missing is, is a this this album's missing. A JB a Hi-Fi. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it's missing a JB Hi-Fi. It's missing an Apple, like a, a Apple store. Don't think there are any Apple stores in Westfields. It's kind of a bit too poor for them. Needs yeah. a, a good food court. Um, needs Kmart and Target. And, and it's funny with it's funny with those those big banger songs too, because often. A year or two years down the track, they're not the songs that you keep coming back to. Sometimes they are, yeah. but a lot of the times it's the you know the secondary cuts that have the the longer life that, that take a little bit longer to, to, to love. But they're the ones that have the staying power. But I don't think anything in this album really has the staying power to, yeah. to love two years down the track. And when I remembered back, I felt like Just Business, which is the album that we listened to years and looked at four or five years ago had the same kind of promise that the, the general sound the general sound kind of made you think yeah this is going to be cool but it it wasn't really sticky it didn't you know there wasn't really anything that, that kind of sustained interest and I can't remember a single fucking track from that album so um, yeah 
do I remember liking singles before, which may lead me to pick the album. So uh, I think I think we these guys have learnt nothing. Um, and that there are good tracks. Mm. Been a head change is a good track. No soul, no doubt, which doesn't sound like no doubt. Um, and the the title track, they're are all engaging enough, but they don't. Um, you know, they're no JB Hi-Fi. They're no Super Cheap Auto. Yeah. Um, the Black Delta Movement. I'm just reading their bio, and they've toured with, you know, the Jesus and Mary Chain and uh, the Brian Jonestown Massacre and, I can, and the Stranglers, and I can see why listening to... Which are three extremely different bands. I mean, that's, that's, that's an extremely eclectic group of people to hang out with. Yeah, but... There's something a little bit off about this album. Um, like, it's yeah. definitely psychedelic okay. rock, I guess, but I don't know. Did- uh, eight tracks of immersive, groove-heavy psychedelic rock was was the byline in, in the thing. Yeah. Um, I was kind of hoping for an album of the E contender, so I was disappointed. So it took me a while and quite a few plays yep. for me to get over that and just go, okay, this is this is a good album. It's, it's got weak patches, and the weakest point on the album is the vocal. The well, yeah. the singer who's yeah, he, by a large. But there's some yeah. really nice guitar on this. Some really yeah. fucking cool groovy, really sort gro- of bottom end stuff. And then there's him and doing a really shit Nick Cave impression. Yeah, well, my my initial notes were um, the Black Keys hired Nick Cave on opium. <laughs> like it's not even Nick Nick Cave. It's sort of Nick small hole in a wall. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, he's, and the thing is that, that it, as I understand it, the Black Dillon Movement is a one-man band, but he's basically brought in an entire other band who do a lot of this kind of psychedelic jazz rock groove kind of stuff called Little Barry to do all the, basically to do drums and to do bass and all that sort of stuff. So the weakest point is the guy who who is singing the songs. Yeah, <laughs> so I think that's, that's disappointing. <laughs> and there's quite a lot of good stuff. I mean, for, the, the first track was Fourth Pass. We'll pass over the the graveyards. Good track. Photographs. Good track. But um, some of it is is just it just doesn't. His voice isn't strong enough, and his lyrical concepts aren't dark enough to carry off the kind of Nick Cave shit that he was, he's been try, he was trying to do in parts of the middle of it. Yeah, I think it was Which no right to go because I really wanted this to be good. I really thought this was going to be. This was, this, this, you know, not you know, Black Delta. I always thought it was going to be a bit of a dark horse. Pardon the fucking strangled metaphor, but I actually thought this was going to be um, uh, uh, in the conversation for something really cool. Um, and it, it was a cool album. It was still, it was still. I don't think we had, I don't think we had any bad albums this week. To, to, to not to bury the lead, uh, we had some stuff that was that was better than stuff that was was less good, but. Um, it, it just didn't really transcend to being genuinely brilliant. Um, do, do you know what, what all three of these albums had? All three of these albums, like, I looked at them and went... Syphilis. <laughs> the, like, the, the concept of the album was something that really grabbed me, that I looked at it and went, oh, man, this is going to be fucking cool. And it just lacked... It didn't Execution. live up to the promise of what, I, of what I had of it in my head, you know? Yep, um, yep, yep, yep. Well, we can probably transition to and, Black Thought and... and- and Al Michaels, or El Michelle's. <laughs> Michaels, bit of NFL commentary on Blackthorn. Yeah, I'm um, saying. <laughs> Chris Collinsworth slides Black- in on the decks. <laughs> Black, Blackthorn and Al Michaels doing NFL Sunday. Um, yeah, I, I would like to see that. 
that would actually probably rate really well. Um, he'd at least be able to fill yeah. the dead time. So, El Michels is, is a producer beloved of Wu-Tang and other rappers. Um, and loves a kind of a golden era, soul funk kind of loop. Uh, that you, the likes of your black thoughts can can do his raps over. Um, what did you make of What did you make of this? Other than less than some of its parts. Well, I find Black Thought a little bit tough. I, he can sometimes have this really stilted flow that I just do not enjoy. And then other times, yeah, he was back of a length on quite a lot of this, wasn't he? He was just he was sitting behind the beat. Uh, and I yeah. know that's a I know that's a sore point for you, and I actually that's found it irritating too. Yeah, but when it when he gets on flow, it's like, why are you sitting there? Why not? Is, why do some old school rappers do that? I, I, I don't know. Clearly, you can rap on the beat. Why are you rapping behind it? Is it to, is it meant to kind of give the impression that this is all coming straight off the dome, and you're hearing it reacting to it? Is that what it's supposed to be? It's meant to kind of be like I just got in the booth and I'm listening to this and I'm just spitting what I'm feeling, man. Because all it does is just tells me you can't keep you can keep a rhythm, but you can't keep up. But he he's like famous for being able to freestyle on the beat at a rapid pace. Like that's what that's that's literally what he's famous for. And the thing is, when he when he's on beat and when he's flowing, he's absolutely fucking dynamite. I do not understand this this sort of off syncopated plotting. It just fucks with it. And it is a very chill. I mean, the beats of themselves are quite chill. So is he is he kind of reacting to the to the beats he's been given? Or but but go 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 for a slower flow then. Like yeah, like you can do a slower flow without having to be jarring. And I went back and listened to because I was sort of thinking, you know, what are the what's my sort of gold standard for this? You know, different sort of beat with a with a classical rapper, and and I think my gold standard is that Guru Jazmataz um, collaboration, which there's two of them, and you know it's so playful, and he's playing up to the style of music that he's playing with without trying to force himself over the top of it. It's just glorious, and this isn't. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I was just, I was really frustrated with this. I, I thought it had a, had the potential with, with what he can do to be really interesting and really sort of a little bit like, I guess what I was hoping for was a, an American vers- version of that Aussie Battler album, Wild Colonial, which, you know, had that much slower, reflective, soulful sort of feel to it. But this was just tough. Some of these songs were tough to get through, I thought. Yeah, some of the stuff was okay. It was, it was bits of it were charming, but I suppose I, what I liked was it reminded me a bit of the production choices that uh, the boys from Zarface forgot, forgot what they call themselves. The two the two producers they play obviously a lot more cuts and a lot more fucking samples, but still the same kind of um, the same kind of feel to it. And of course, yeah. they're, they're obviously in with Wu Tang because they're with Inspector Deck. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't. It made me think that maybe. That um that Black Thought uh Danger Mouse album that sucked. Maybe it sucked not just not all because of Danger Mouse. Maybe I should give Danger Mouse a bit more of a, a bit more of a break. And also the fact that and then I remember the Black Keys album he fucked up and you know, he can go fucking to. Like most of the stuff that Black Thought does with the roots is on point and it's just like yeah. Okay, well, you know, 
Um, they probably deserve it. This was off point. It didn't have a point. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, shall we do some new stuff? That was that was the week and a bit. That was the best part of two weeks in music. Yeah. What do you like the sound of for this coming week? Well, uh, like, I, I don't mind a legacy act that I enjoy, so I'm going to go with The Heavy, and their album is called Amen. I think we did their last album. We've done, I'm pretty sure we've done two of their albums. Two of theirs, yeah. And they've both been decently competent. And, and like, I'm not e- not expecting album of the year, but I think it'll be a good listen, so. So we did Sons in 2019, and I'm, I'm pretty sure we would have done, yeah, Hurt and the Merciless in 2016. Yeah, yep. And their shit, you know, they're doing kind of throwback soul, mm. um, you know, Commitments House Band kind of shit, and it's fine. It works well. And, uh, you know, it, it's the sort of music, I think I might have said before, it's the sort of music that ends up in a Vodafone commercial, but it's <laughs> Vodafone commercials often have good music in them, so... Um, I think I think I've just reinvented dabbing with faint praise. I've just dabbed them with no praise at all. But yeah, the heavy. I was that's been on my long list, and it's good to see that's turned up. Yeah, look, there's a couple of there's a couple of legacy albums that I'm sort of interested in because, uh, I'm hoping that they'll be okay. There's a couple that I'm not interested in, like the Smashing Pumpkins and uh, the Pet Shop Boys. Oh, oh good. No. How about no? Uh, and Metallica. Uh, yeah, Adam. Adam has listened to the Metallica album and says he has feelings on it. Um, yeah. I've told him not to have feelings anymore. He's supposed to be too old for that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, all right. So, what would you like, Doc? Uh, I'm going to go for a band called Laurel Canyon. Um, okay, that, that sounds familiar because I haven't actually done the research. Laurel, and Laurel Canyon's that-, that bit of. Um, is that bit of LA where the, they run uh, and do stuff? Okay, all right. And what well, I can you... tell you about Laurel Canyon without without doing a Doc Reed's bio is, is they have floppy hair and and some and jackets. <laughs> I feel like this might be Brooklyn. No, Philly. Strap yourself in, people. Here's the debut full length from Philly's Laurel Canyon. Ah. Um, Agitated Records is excited to announce the release of their self-titled album. Guitars are drenched in an Ashton worshipping haze. Melded alongside pummel, melded alongside a velvet's chug of mid to late eighties Pacific Northwest guttural primal howl. Right. So these guys are, are kind of um, merging proto punk here, kind of um, MC Five Stooges stuff through your uh, early sub pop, which which gets through into you know mud honey, sadly, um, or early mud honey, which was good. Uh, so that's their kind of gear, Laurel Canyon. Uh, recommended to fans of oh dear. The Studio Screaming Trees. Screaming Trees! Shouts to Screaming Trees. Shouts to Mark Lanigan, R.O.P. for about a year and a bit. Velvet Underground, Mud Honey, The Birthday Party. Debut out now. Posted by Laurel Canyon. Listened to in <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> and, and Brooklyn. So that probably tells you what kind of band they are. Um, so uh, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm going for this week. I'm going for Laurel Canyon's um, self-titled debut album. What are we going to do? And were you going to be Jethro Tull as the as the Joker? Uh, you absolute flute. <laughs> um, I don't know. What have you got? Oh, like the other the other legacy one I wanted to do is everything but the girl, which 
has been oh. getting a c- couple of decent reviews, but I thought might be a little bit too um, on the Guardian. <laughs> on the Guardian, well, of course, on the Guardian. That's the only place I saw it talked about was on Guardian. Fuck me, it's a very Guardian sort of band. Is it fucking what? Is it what? <laughs> well, what else have you got that's uh, that's out there? I'm just trying to pick something that that doesn't sound a lot like what we've you know what we've just got. Um, what about what about Beach House, Baltimore? That sounds familiar. Two piece. That's that's a. I thought that was a. Is that is that a band I wrote up? No, it's not a band I wrote up. Um, I was going to suggest Ghost Woman, which is a a band I keep meaning to come back to. Which is a, which is another two piece, but it's a a, a man and a lady. Wow, <laughs> should we have a two piece off? Your two piece versus my two piece. I don't, I don't think we should make death. life difficult for ourselves by having too many new albums. <laughs> All right. Well, your taste's normally better than mine, so we'll go with yours. I don't think I don't think that's true. I don't think that's at all true. But I'll take it. Let's go for let's go for a rub. <laughs> we need a Kevin Pelton of the Balls podcast, right? Someone crunching the numbers when we say shit yeah. like that. Actually, Doc's well, Ghost Woman is one that's been in my list for a long time, and it's all, it's always been the one that gets passed over. So um, it would be good to kind of get that one on. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. I think they're they're a bit more um, a bit more whimsical and a bit well, not whimsical, a bit more mystical than um, I have an album called Anne If Anne Comet If Full Stop, and uh, they are a band that do music. Um, what else is going on in the world of excitement and wonder? Uh, not much, not much. Um, um, Vanessa was going to go to Fat Boy Slim, but I think our lives have become a little bit busy for that. Shit got complicated. Um, yeah, I can relate. Uh, it's a it's it's a mid it's a midweek show. Midweek show makes makes everything hard. I right? think you can take the week out of it. It's a mid show. <laughs> it's a mid show. It's gonna be full of forty five year olds. Yeah. Oh, well, desperately yeah. trying to reclaim their fucking youth. I, look, I, I think it's music that would translate to that vibe quite well. I think at the age that we've reached, I think for some of those gigs, you're better off just remembering the gig you went to, because. Anything you go and do is probably going to chip away at the enjoyment of, of the memory that you had. All you well, can do prod- is ruin it. That that prodigy gig I went to a couple of years ago was the opposite of that. Thankfully, yeah, it was it was a really part good of that's show. also because we have no Keith. We're Keithless. Uh that was well. That was the last tour that he was still on. So, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I still like live music, but it's just a it's just a bit of a hassle to get to these days. Yeah, I'm too old. My ears hurt. Um, I did look. <laughs> I did look at that when we go to Denver later this year. They've got, you know, like a, a super version of of River Stage over there called the Red Rock Amphitheater, um, which just looks like an. Am- Listener, you and I both know it. Bezos told the story before, but just let him run and see how far he gets with it before he realizes. Well, yes, I have told that story before. Damn it! I'm too fucking tired. I need to go to bed. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> oh, Cletus music. So I've, I've been hanging. My, my parents have been over, so I've, I'm quite used to immediately picking up with someone who's <laughs> about to tell a story that they've told before. <laughs> as though you've, you've, they've, they've never told it before. And I'm like, when I was younger and more patient, I would, you know, I would just sort of run with it. But now I'm kind just of like, let it, just it. let it wash No, we've done this one. We've done this. Hang on. <laughs> You're repeating bits. <laughs> Well, Sorry, this is a rerun. I don't want uh, to hear this, this one again. Uh, the thing about that twenty-four hour thing, I've, re- I've recovered quite well physically. I don't. I'm not 
like I don't feel particularly sore or or smashed, but I get to like seven o'clock and I'm just desperately tired. And I always think about um, oh, was it Howard Beck? One one of the good writers did a, an article about sleep debt. You know, sleep debt over a whole season. I and thought how, that was you a know, t- you're missing oh, an hour here and, I thought that was a Tom Habistro. Was one. it Habistro? Yeah, yeah back when could he was ESPN. Be. That, that seems more his style. He likes poking around. Yeah. yeah, and that's how I was thinking about that. It's like I need to bank some hours somewhere, <laughs> bank a few extra hours of sleep to to get back on um get back on track. Well, yeah, I mean you were living that you were living that twenty four hours of Le Mans kind of life, doing a stint and then coming off and not not being able to sleep and then trying to get somehow getting getting some rest in. So yeah, well, the, one of the interesting things was the one of the girls in my team. She's done Kokoda and a couple of other 24-hour walks, and she found the big difference was that. Yeah, like, my, my, uh, my, my granddad did that back before it was a charity event. <laughs> back, before it was, back before it was something that everyone did. He, he, did, the, he did it as a, as a competitive uh, – it was a competitive exercise at the time, but, you know, <laughs> you, you didn't like the, the oppo went to uh, – they were playing for keeps, unfortunately. Um. But that's what she she was saying, like the adrenaline spikes and come, trying to come down, and like, you know, that's just lifting weights, not driving a a very small car in the dark in the rain, yeah. <laughs> trying to go around fucking, like, like I can't imagine what how jacked yeah. your body having other cars either far much quicker than you or much much slower than you to slalom around but, in between. Yeah. So I can't even imagine what the adrenaline spikes those guys would have been going through. Yeah. And yes, but, it's it just would have been, been impossible to sleep. Um, but uh, but they're trained professionals, and we are drunks who talk about music on a podcast. Hmm. That's true. Let's just flicking through the rest, of, like the rest of May. We've got some real stuff to avoid. Ed Sheeran. Well, hopefully he'll get his ass sued by the estate of Marvin Gaye, and we'll never hear from him again. Um, Bruce Cockburn is that an actual person? That can't be a person. That sounds like a um, Bruce Cockburn sounds like uh, an Australian character who Monty Python <laughs> dreamt up. Yeah. Hi, uh, I'm Bruce Cockburn. Uh, Kate Sobrano with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. Oh my god! Mate, I mean, people who are who are called Cockburn will try and convince you that it's pronounced Coburn, but that's because it's pronounced Coburn, Cockburn, like- and they don't want to be dragged because it's pronounced <laughs> Cockburn. <laughs> That's the old Alison Bouquet joke. Yes. Um, Mrs. Pocket. Uh, <laughs> Dropkick Murphys. Oh, for fuck's sake. I thought they only did one song. I thought that was the deal. I just keep doing their one song. What's your What's your view on- oh, See, at least these six had the, had the fucking grace to fuck off and just do their one song and then, you know, write a so ag- we've got, agony out column. We've got next, after May 12th, if you get Adam on, you've got to make him pick between two- Symphony Orchestra um, with artist albums. He can have Kate Sobrano or Def Leppard. <laughs> That's not a choice for him. <laughs> Def Leppard with the Symphony Orchestra. Does the guy who plays the timpani have to do it with one arm as well? I mean, is that is it compulsory? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to that album. That album might be might be hilarious. Um, no, I imagine they're oh, going to be incredibly Dave- earnest about it, and they're going to just pour some fucking pour some stevia on me. Where do you sit on the Dave Matthews Band? I don't have a lot of um, a lot of exposure to the Dave Matthews Band. I feel like they were like the big uni band 
of maybe half a generation older and they just weren't a fucking thing. I mean, there was always, if you stay on any, any floor of any residential college, there was always one dude who was massively into a band like the Dave Matthews band or Fish or, um, they might be giants. One of those kind of extremely weird eclectic bands with a long fucking track record. Or maybe even the Grateful Dead, you know, just to make it a bit psychedelic. Um, but it was always, it always seemed to be a real enthusiast's corner kind of thing. And it wasn't, didn't feel like the sort of corner you'd want to dwell in. So I do not have a lot of opinions about the Dave Matthews band. I wonder if Weezer are like that now. Although Weezer are so fucking, um, they don't have the same depth of catalogue and they're not weird enough. I really liked them early on. And then it got to the, that they, they sort of went through the Pearl Jam thing for me where you would just go or all live and you go to someone's house party and just fucking it was just always on and it was yeah, one of those I, I never, artists I, where yeah it, it, it and if it was on it was on a lot right <laughs> just you would just hear it a lot and then yeah i think it just it just wore out its welcome that's interesting because i don't think i've I, ever I, I, had a friend I, who like i mean obviously i knew people who played the stuff but i never had anybody i like, <laughs> Never wanted to be friends with anybody who played this stuff, but it was more that um, it was more that it was. It's one of those bands that are identifiable by their fans, you know, a little bit like mm. the Deadheads and, and yes, very- the Grateful Dead. Their fans ruin it for everybody else, or at least they're the most identifiable yeah. part about the band. A certain kind of dude is big in, the, in Dave Matthews, just like a certain kind of dude is big on fish and weed. Actually, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just that's the common factor. It's just heavy fucking stoners who are probably a bit handsy if you leave them alone with with your girlfriend. Yeah, because it's like them and Fisher like called jam bands, aren't they? Yeah, or, you know, because yeah. they're bands that just waffle around a lot. Yeah, and and and, um, um, and fucking Grateful Dead and and all of the Grateful Dead sequels over the years. I think we've we've discovered a, a central tenet here, which is weird. The people who like jam bands are fucking weird cunts and need to be avoided. See, look, if if they'd be um if they played that at the Red Rock Amphitheatre and I could take some fucking legal gummies in Denver, I would probably quite enjoy the Dave Matthews band in that setting at that time. So, um, instead, you got isn't it some fucking yeah. busted ass Cletus band? It's a very Cletus band, yeah. It's like something that's like singing songs about their truck. I'll just go and run up and down the stairs and watch the watch the sunrise. Well, Denver's the, the place where fucking bring it back to basketball. Denver's the place where they're pressing charges against Ant Edwards for putting a chair down next to some white people um, because the cop said he swung it at I- them, which is not borne out by the video in any way, but uh, someone's trying to make some money. That was the weirdest like headline versus watching the footage because yeah. it's like and and Edwards hits two women's and it sounded like this domestic violence charge. I'm like, holy shit, how is yeah. this not the biggest news? And then you watch the footage and it's like, oh, no, he pushed a chair over and it might have hit one of them on the foot. But yeah. Okay. Good chat. But they're going to make some money and that's what's important, America. <laughs> uh, on that cheerful note, Doc, shall we wind it up? We should probably go do something else. Um, yeah, I was Doc. He was Bezo. This was Tripping Balls, a music podcast. Uh, even though we finished it talking about basketball, because you know we have to close the loop with our other show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will talk to you again next week, possibly. See you, Doc. No doubt.